Nazir Perakei Mishnah Zion, the last of the Perak. Um, and really, it's, it's very similar to the previous two Mishnahis. The difference is that there really are two categories of Suffolk. A person could become like a dubious Suffolk Nazir in one of two ways. Either, um, you know, we just, we don't know the facts right now. We're in the dark, which is what we had up to now. In other words, the person ran away. We didn't identify who he was. A person made an Nazir's commitment saying, if it is the person who I think it is, Ploni, then I'm a Nazir. We don't know, was it or wasn't it? The guy disappeared. So um, it's not that it's unknowable, we just don't know it. And therefore, he'd potentially be in a situation of Suffolk Naziris. Maybe he is, maybe he isn't. Okay? Um, but of course, there's nothing intrinsically unknowable about this. If one day, you know, it comes out in the future, we identify who this person was, he fesses up, I don't know, we roll the CCTV and we see who it was, so then we can resolve definitively in the future whether or not the original person... Nazir's commitment was binding. Okay, so that's a suffix because we just don't know the facts. But sometimes there are other scenarios where a person can have a suffix, and this is more than just in the world of Naziris or whatever. Um, a suffix could be something which is not just you're lacking the information, but even if you know everything, you still there's something intrinsically um, uncertain about the situation or ambiguous about the situation, which leaves us in a state of uncertainty. What's next? Okay, there's no, in other words, no CCTV is going to solve this problem, no asking a thousand questions, no you know, asking the smartest person in the world and having access to Wikipedia is going to resolve any of this issue, okay? So our mission, that's a different kind of suffix. Not one of lack of information, but something intrinsic to the uncertainty of the issue altogether. So we're going to talk about that latter kind of uncertainty here. So the mission is going to be kind of the same. We'll end up getting nine guys instead of six guys, um, but it's the same kind of gist. These guys are arguing over the identity of a creature called a koi. Kaf, vav, yud, koi. And in fact, some people pronounce it kvi. Which I find quite humorous, in uh, as much as you see the name leads to the nature of the uncertain entity of the thing. A koi is a, un, the nature of the koi is a little uncertain. All large terrestrial animals are basically categorized into two categories. In Alacha, some are called chayos, wild animals, let's call them, and some are called behemos, domesticated animals. Okay, there are some criteria by which you can measure if an animal is domesticated, like a cow, goat, sheep, or if it's a wild animal like a snake or a lion or a bear. Um, it depends on you know how they their lifestyle and how close they live to home and when they come back to eat and how much they rely on people and so on. In any case, there's an animal called a koi. It's something like a deer. I don't know what it is. Okay, um, and it's a kosher animal, but it's in some ways, chaya-like, wild animal-like, and in some ways, behemoth-like, domesticated animal-like. And therefore, it's sort of, it's intrinsically indeterminate. The nature of the koi, whether it's a a, um, a chaya or behemoth, is just indeterminate, and it actually, therefore, has like, as, since it has aspects of both, it's treated with the strictures of both. Now, when it comes to the halacha, there's a big difference between um, the halachic treatment of a behemoth, domesticated animals, and a chaya, um, and the most notable is um, two. The first is that when one eats an animal, there are certain fats on the animal that go around the viscera, like the internal organs, and, and especially around the intestines, um, called chalev. And the chalev, these kind of hard visceral fat nets, they are um, totally forbidden to be eaten under penalty of karas, so a very severe penalty. It's like eating on Yom Kippur or something. Totally, quote-unquote, not kosher. So if you're talking about a behemoth, like a cow or a goat or a sheep, the chalev is totally off limits, forbidden. But if you're talking about a wild animal, a chaya, 
So if you know if you're eating a I don't know what a gazelle or eating a giraffe, so then the chaliv is mutter. Okay. Now the second thing is there's a lot of kisui hadam of covering the blood. Now when you slaughter fowl like a chicken, you must there's a mitzvah to cover the blood. When it comes to animals like mammals, kosher animals, so then it depends. If it's a chaya, you have an obligation to do kisui hadam. So if you shecht a deer. You have to cover its blood. That's a mitzvah to itself, one of the six thirteen. But when you shecht a behema, a domesticated kosher animal, like a cow, goat, or sheep, there's no mitzvah to do kisui hadam. Okay? So uh, the koi, being that it's like indeterminate in nature, has the strictures of both, misuffic, out of uncertainty, um, and these two dorises, which means when it comes to koi, whatever it is, one may not eat its chaliv, and one must do kisui hadam, cover its blood when it's slaughtered, of course, uh, without a bracha, but that's not the point at all. So um, here we've got a situation where you got like something which is unknowable. And here we've got a bunch of guys. We have the original, essentially, this is kind of the six of the previous Mishnah, two Mishnahs ago, and the last Mishnah, um, and even three more. They're all kind of taking bets on the nature of the koi. The way that Bartonura learns this, and I'm going to stick to this for now, is that he understands they're arguing over the dinim of the koi, whether it's treated like a chaya or a behema. Okay, and the answer is that's sort of like a little of each. And therefore, um, the, every one of them is like a question whether or not he's right or wrong because we don't know exactly if the koi should be treated like a chai or behema. We'll never know, okay? So we just will never know. So what do we do with such a guy? So if Ra'es a koi, the first of the six guys, and we'll get up to nine eventually, the first of those six guys sees this koi creature, he says, I bet that that has the halachic status of a chaya, a wild animal, and if I'm right, then I'm a nazir. And the second one says, Harini Nazir, Well, I bet I'm a Nazir that that um, is not a Chaya. The, the Koi doesn't have a Chaya status. And the third guy says, Harini Nazir, Behema. The third guy says, I bet it's a Behema, halachic status of a Behema, meaning, for example, you, you, um, you can't eat its Chaylev, you must cover its blood. And the fourth guy says, Harini Nazir, Behema. I bet it's not a Behema, and yes, you could eat the Chaylev, and you don't have to cover the blood. And the fifth guy says, "Harini nazir ubehema." I say it's both. And the sixth guy says, "Harini nazir It's neither. So, and then there's the first six guys. And then you got three more. The seventh guy says, "Harini nazir mikem nazir." He says, "I don't know about the koi. I don't know. One of you guys are definitely a nazir." And the eighth guy says, "Harini nazir echad mikem nazir." the eighth guy says, "Well, I know one thing for sure. At least one of you guys are not." I should say at least. One of you guys are not a Nazir. And the ninth guy says, Harini Nazir, Shakulchem Nazirim. The ninth guy says, Listen, you're all Nazirim. So the Mishnah lays down the law and says, Hare Kulam Nazirim. In fact, they all are Nazirim. That's what the Mishnah says. Period. End of discussion. So the way the Bartanura learns it is like this Everyone, meaning Basil and Beishamai, both agree that all nine of these guys are Nazirim. But the nature of the Naziris is very different. And here, this is a little teeny bit of lambdas here. According to base Shammai, we hold, he holds that, any, that even um, Hektish Taos or Naziris Patos, if you declare yourself to be a Nazir and you're actually, by mistake, erroneously, you're still bound in Naziris' binding. So here, these guys are so certain that they're right about the halachas, and uh, maybe they're wrong, maybe they're right. But the point is, even if they were wrong, they're still bound to be Nazirim because the halacha is that even if you make a mistake, you're still bound. On the flip side, Beis Hillel hold that um, you only are, you're only a Nazir if what you said comes true. It is true. And since we don't know if they're right or wrong, we don't know the halachic status 
you know, Klapishmai in heaven regarding the koi. Therefore, everyone is like a questionable, questionable Nazir, and therefore they'll all be Nazirim, all um, only Mesafik. Maybe yes, maybe no, we just don't know. Now, what I just said is according to Rabbi Shimon, that's how the Mishnah reads. The Halach, however, Rabbi Shimon from the previous Mishnah. The previous Mishnah, remember, had a discussion between Tanakam and Rabbi Shimon. Tanakam held a person doesn't let himself get into a Suffolk Nazir situation where he declares Nazir, and then he sort of doesn't know what to do. He's left to, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. A person always means, well, if, I, if that's what's going to happen, then I'm not a Nazir. Tanakama said that. Rabbi Shimon says, no, people do silly things. They make themselves into, paint themselves into corners and make themselves into, you know, questionable situations. So Rabbi Shimon holds that in the case. So according to Beishamai, who holds, you have to be right. And according to Rabbi Shimon, who holds, you can paint yourself into a corner, and even if you're not sure, you have to be, like, strict um, as, like, a questionable Nazir. So then the halach would be, according to Shimon, like Basil here, that these guys are all Nazirim, but only Masafik. However, the halacha follows the Tanakama of the previous Mishnah, meaning if a person makes a Nedr and it's irresolute, if he, if he is indeterminate, if he is or isn't a Nazir, so he, like, there's a built-in stipulation, a tacit stipulation, which is, I'm not going to enter into a situation where I'm sitting in a Suffolk. No, if it can't be resolved, I'm not a Nazir. I always meant it like that. That's the halacha like the Tanakama, or the previous Mishnah, and that being the case, the halacha in our Mishnah will be that um, if a person, all these nine guys are in fact not Nazirim, lalacha, notwithstanding what the Mishnah says, none of them are Nazirim, and the reason why is because all of them are Suffolk Nazirim, and a person wouldn't bring himself to a situation of Suffolk, and therefore, no, they're not Nazirim, period. That's the Bartonur learns. Um, important to note, I don't know if I want to dig into this too deeply here, Important to note, the Rambam, who understands the Mishnah a little differently, he understands that they are arguing over not the halachic, the dinim of the koi, but the actual, I'll call it taxonomic nature of the koi, the essence of the koi. Um, and therefore, it's actually, the koi is sort of um, indeed uh, a bit of each. It's a bit like a chayin, a bit like a behemoth, a bit not, and a bit, a bit like both, and a bit like neither. So that being the case, um, they're all right. Therefore, the Rambam learns, and that's the Rambam Paskins in the, in the Yad, that Kulam Nazirim, they're all Nazirim because they actually all are right in part. Um, but that's not how the Bartanur learns. And um, there you have it.